Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk a little bit about the NBA, of course. You know, we're still talking about the situation with Kyrie Irving, um, Cleveland Cavaliers, Steph Curry now is involved. We also talk about the whole Cal and Kaepernick situation and why is that still a problem. We also are talking about other things that are going on in the world of sports. My co-host, Earl Ross and Adrian Catwell, join me, Al Qualls, which is right now, and that's on Guys Talking Sports. another edition of guys talking sports um got a great show great lineup great topics to discuss um we appreciate everybody for taking the time to listen to us and watch us uh, whether you're on itunes google play soundcloud youtube uh all the people on youtube live we appreciate you guys checking us out as well but for now let's get right into it i got my co-host earl ross and adrian catwell joining me so what's going on fellas how's everything going Vino life, always. I'm just drinking water. <laughs> just another wonderful day in Zamunda. I hear that. I hear that. So uh, we're going to get started. Uh, I don't know where we should begin. So I will let one of you guys just jump right into whatever it is that y'all definitely wanted to talk about and get the topic going. I say it's what? Anything except for LeVar Ball right now. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so, so how do you guys feel with this whole little video of Steph Curry uh, mocking LeBron's uh, workout regimen dancing routine while Kyrie is on, off on the side clowning and joking along with it? I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, for me, I don't have a problem with Steph Curry clowning LeBron James at all. I mean, you know, to the to, to the victor go to spoils. If I remember last year around Halloween, LeBron James had a Halloween party where he had the um the tombstones and the you know the three one and the little cookies. So to me, I don't mind it. It's all it's all all in fun and games and jest. I mean, you know, LeBron ribbed them last year, he's ribbing them right now. I mean, Steph Curry really has the, the upper hand because, you know, out of the three years they met in the finals, he has two against LeBron's one. So, for me, I didn't have a problem with it. I did have a slight problem with Kyrie, though. I mean, depending on how this is going to turn out with him wanting to leave the Cavaliers, but, I mean, he was at the, the wedding. You know, Steph Curry was doing that. I mean, maybe get caught up in the moment, maybe kind of laughing at that. You know, I don't know. We – I don't know if he was really, really into it laughing at that or he was just kind of just laughing it off. But we saw the video, and it looks like he was really enjoying <laughs> the little small roast that Steph Curry was um, was giving him. So as a, if I was a teammate of um, Cleveland and I saw that one after you guys, after we just lost the finals to them, I would feel a certain kind of way about that. Le now, LeBron James, I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, we don't even know if Kyrie's even going to be a Cleveland Cavalier come next season but after seeing that and all the back and forth and the sniping and the comments has been going back and forth about it I, I, it wouldn't shock me if he was a cleveland cavalier but i think that he's probably trying to talk his way completely off of that squad and from what i'm hearing cleveland has been getting a lot of offers from a lot of teams a lot of calls so as a teammate i would be a little a little bothered by that uh. I agree with you as far as the ribbing is concerned. Um, 
It's all fun and games, I'm sure. You know, all that fuels and motivates LeBron and company to come out next season with a vengeance. Um, Kyrie, gosh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Folks would be dying to be in his position. Other other cats in the league would be dying to be, not dying, but, you know, would, would kill to have the opportunity to be playing and on a squad that with a, with a guy who for the past seven, eight years has led the team to the, to the NBA championship. Um, some guys can't even say they can get to one championship in 10, 12 years of playing, let alone get to three in a row. Um, I understand that Kyrie wants to be the man and wants to go off and try to lead his own team to do whatever, but I don't, I don't see Kyrie being that type of a player to elevate a squad to championship level. Um, I don't see it, but you know, anything, you know, could definitely prove me wrong. I mean, great. He has, he has great handles. He can give you 30 plus points a game possibly. Uh, but he's shown many and many a time again, uh, especially when the chips are down and he's trying to put the, put the team on his back, especially game five of the finals where he thought he was, you know, real hot in the first half and came out the third quarter and pretty much shot Cleveland out of any chance of kind of come back, even though LeBron tried his best to, to keep him there. I just don't see him being that type of player that uh, can take one team and put pieces around it to, to really be that great player. Now, I could be wrong. You know, if you put two other great players around him, it's a possibility he could do that. But um, I just don't see it. And he's just really doing everything that he can to talk his way, uh, uh, express his way out of Cleveland. And he might get something where Cleveland's probably might get the last laugh and probably ship him somewhere where he doesn't even want to be. And Cleveland ends up being on top and, you know, get the better of the deal. Hmm. So if, if I were Kyrie, I would kind of just, you know, tone it down a little bit, you know, try not to be so animated about things and, and just, you know, keep it light because, like you said, you never know if he's going to even be a Cleveland Cavalier. And if he is, whatever chemistry they may have had is now gone now. Uh, I completely agree with what, I completely agree with what your statement. Um, as far as the whole thing with Steph Curry and, like you said, um, with the wedding, um, they, you know, I just think that they was just ribbing. It was at the at the heat of the moment. I um, think you know, it happened. I think Kyrie was there. I, I, I mean, I think it it was a joke. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure he laughed and took. I don't think he took it. You know, it was all in fun. That's how I think Kyrie took it. I think it was all in fun at the wedding. Um, I mean, to be honest, if he if if Steph is doing something funny, regardless if he's a teammate or not, why not laugh? I mean, although there's now bad blood between them, but you know, I I, I think what it is is that Kyrie is trying to say I am not going to have LeBron di dictate what I'm going to do as far as the, the decisions that I make or the choices that I make. It seems as though that if Steph is doing something about LeBron and, you know, if Kyrie's laughing, it seems as though that it's got to be about LeBron or it, I think the thing is with Kyrie is that he's trying to get himself out of that whole LeBron limelight. And that's been his ideal goal all this time, whether or not he does that, because like you say, who's to say Cleveland just keeps them and who's to say that, you know, they have them stick it out. So 
it's going to be very interesting. Um, like you said, there are teams that are after him, but Cleveland controls the destiny of Kyrie. Um, they don't have to do anything at this point. You know what I'm saying? So it'd be very interesting to see what they do. Kyrie really doesn't have the leverage here. Cleveland has all the leverage. Right. Um, whether any teams go after them, they're going to have to give up some type of star potential in getting Kyrie Irving. Whether it's the Knicks, you know, uh, Cleveland, you know, whoever. You know, Melo, there's talks up here saying that Melo, um, um, you know, with the whole Kyrie and LeBron situation, um, Melo doesn't want to go to Cleveland anymore. So it's just a lot of stuff that needs to happen. Um, hmm. And Cleveland management teams needs to address this as quick as possible because they're going to lose a lot of people that desires to play there if they don't get their act together and do something about it, whether they squash it between Kyrie and LeBron or whether Kyrie gets traded or something. Um, they need to do something quick because the longer they hold this out, it's, you know, it's going to be bad for both for both Kyrie and bad for Cleveland as a whole. So. Yeah, and you're thinking about team chemistry. I mean, if, if this kind of goes on and there's nothing done, which, like you said, the Cavaliers have, you know, are totally in the driver's seat. They can do what they want with them. But if you keep them on and this, this issue isn't addressed, you got like a bad situation going on and, you know, it could possibly split the, split the locker room, bad chemistry. I don't know if they can grill it and eat it enough to just play on the court and play and then go their own separate ways. But you don't have a good chemistry in that locker room. And I mean, they, you play football before, you know, if there's beef in the locker room, you know, sometimes that stuff can spill out, you know, on the football field, depending on, you know, who's beefing. I know there's offense to defense. So you might not have to, you know, you know, gel with them all the time. But if you're like on a basketball team, how you know it, I mean, you got beef with somebody, you're on the court, the littlest thing that can set that person off and you're both sniping each other, you know, cameras are going to sense it. The other team is definitely going to sense it. Once they sense dissension, that team is done. So unless they get, they can get somebody in there to tell them to, you know, to squash this and play ball. If they don't, and I don't see Dan Gilbert being the one to get them in the room and say squash it. I don't know. I mean, he could be, he may be on that team next year, but I mean, this season coming up, but if you keep them, you have no idea what kind of chemistry you're going to have as a team. Well, uh, if you keep them, unlike, uh, you know, if Kyrie doesn't play to his optimal Kyrie type of play, he'll only be hurting his trade stock moving forward. So if Cleveland decides, now I'm not trading you, Kyrie wants to say, okay, well, I'm only going to play X, Y, Z. Cleveland's like, all right, you don't want this jeopardizing millions of dollars <laughs> for yourself. So that's why I'm thinking, I don't know if they just need to have it. Like, like both of you said, have a meeting of the minds, management, sit them all together, like, look what we need to do to squash this. Or what? But, you know, something got to happen because uh, no matter what happens, who if they trade them, and Cleveland gets who they get, they, more than likely Cleveland's still going to win the East. <laughs> you know, that's just the way I, It'll be a tougher go. I think, you know, Boston will definitely give them a tougher run. Milwaukee will definitely give them a, a run for their money. Washington is always up there. You know, but then there's only like, you know, Miami's, Miami's not low. Um, but, you know, there's only like four or five teams that really want to give them any sort of a challenge. So... Um 
I would agree that if Kyrie was to go somewhere out west that or or if he does leave Cleveland, I would agree that it makes the East much more interesting to watch as far as the playoffs is concerned. Because to be and again, this is what I said before about what that's what the NBA needs. Because to be in all honesty, Cleveland continues. Kate, I mean, Cleveland Kate walking through the Eastern Conference to me is not it's not fun to watch. Boring. <laughs> but but who's, whose fault is that? I mean, like if I'm a star, yes, I understand that the West has better players, better overall teams. But if I, if my ultimate goal as a player is to reach the NBA Finals to try to get a ring. Why would I want to take my talents to the West? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I agree. What? You got Golden State. You got San Antonio. I mean, that's just the top top two right there. You got I mean, eight teams that could easily win 50-plus games in the West. You got three teams in the East that could win 50-plus 50, 50 games. If I were smart, I would take my talents to the East and try to uh, – and try to try to do it that way, but you know, who am I? You know, if, if everybody want to run to the West and turn around and uh, be log jam and try to to come through that and come out bloody and swinging, so be it. No, I agree with that. To be honest, I completely agree with the statement, and it's it's amazing because. It seems as though that everybody wants to head out west more so than to challenge LeBron. And I'll be honest, like as a star, you should be like, "Yo, the quick, easiest way for path would be to me to just beat one team, not multiple teams." So it's very, it's very interesting to see that so many teams are trying to challenge out west. So, All right, well, we'll see. We'll definitely see. No way. What can one say? You said we can't talk about LeVar? No, I just said I didn't want to I didn't want that to be the first thing that we talk about. No, we can talk about, you know, you know, Kaepernick and you know Baltimore. Oh there. There you Ravens. Go. But can I just say LeVar is uh Lavar is a jerk. <laughs> can I say ass online or is that too much? <laughs> um, dude, if you try to talk about the female ref can't keep up, can you keep up? I die, I digress. I don't want to give no, 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 no. If we're going to do this, if we're going to do this, then we're going to do this right. Okay. So, in give, um, let's give this a lot of time because we only do have a certain amount of time. So, um, I'll say what about a minute of a full. I mean, each for everybody. A minute's fine with me. All right. Who want to go first? He's a jerk. He's a pompous ass. He thinks he's bigger than the sport. And that's all I got to say. <laughs> well, I, he, you know, he, he's, he sold his son to the Lakers, you know, after one year at UCLA. We will see if everything he's been talking about has been coming to flourishing. Everyone's really high on, high on the kid. Summer league is one thing. And you go against the top dogs, and trust me, they're going to be coming after his ass. And if his dad is on the court yapping off his mouth, they're going to give it to him much, much harder. Trust me on that. But um, I agree. I think he just needs to sit down, shut the fuck up, 
and just let the boy play. You got two other sons you need to worry about. Go, go, you know, handle them, get them up here, let your son play and just stop, you know, overshadowing the whole thing because you're now you're doing much more damage than you're doing good to your brand at this point. Mm -hmm. And that's all I got to say. Uh, uh, all right. Um, I'm, I, I really, I was really trying to, you know, because of the, I ran it, raved about this for the longest. So I'm just going to say this as quietly as possible. It's becoming an actual um, contagious because I don't know if y'all saw this because even LeBron James, they got a video of him at his son's AAU game. And he, um, I think, yelled at the scorekeeper because they didn't, I guess when the team scored, he didn't, they didn't change the, the score. So he ran over to the scorekeeper and told them to change the, you know, the score. But yeah. I, but that's all right, though. But I, think, okay. but I think any parent, if, you know, if, if, if you're competing in a sport such as basketball or football or whatever, and something, something changed and it needs to be addressed, parents would scream out and say whatever. And then, you know, LeBron is LeBron. He just kind of walked up to the scorer's table and said whatever, but he's not out there berating officials. But I'm sorry to, to interrupt. No, no, it's all good. No, I mean, what I'm saying is, is that it's going to get to the point where you're going to see a lot of, I, I digress because I'm going to get off on like parents and all that. And I don't need to get off of that for a minute real quick. LeVar Ball is LeVar Ball. I can't, you know, there's no, there's no way that this is going to stop. It's going to continue. And I applaud what the um, Adidas brand did. And I'm, to be honest, I'm kind of, a shock that other parents who's a part of the AAU team not doing something in regards to this. Like if your kid is on the big baller brands team and you know, I mean, you could, you, you leaving your decision, all this in LeVar Ball's hand. How is it that the AAU team, he could easily take the AAU team and walk away from it. And how is it that you're not upset with all this that's going on as a parent? Like, I'm, I'm just, you know, you're really going to teach your kids that, you know, if somebody gets upset, I'm just going to take my ball and walk away from the game. <laughs> that's definitely like, teaching them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really what it is. Like, he's teaching your kids, and I'm saying this, I mean, he's really teaching your kids that if I get upset at something and I don't like the ref's call, I'm going to take my ball and go home. <laughs> Think about that. And I'm saying that as a parent, you guys need to think about that. And if this is what you want your you want him to teach your kids, hey, that's that's on you guys. But just I'm just saying, just think about how you, you think about who you associate with. Don't think just because he has a you know of his brand, you know, it's just think about who you associate to because your kids are gonna do some things that are similar to that faction, and then what? That's all I gotta say. Switching gears briefly. Shame on you, Baltimore. Shame, shame on you, owner and executive leadership team of the Baltimore Ravens for being so torn on a Colin Kaepernick that you you reach out to your fan base asking if or not you should bring this guy in 
because of your quarterback situation. He's done nothing wrong. All he's doing is just standing up for what he believes in or, or kneeling for what he believes in, regardless if you believe it or not. You should never, you should never ever let your fans influence how you're going to create your team. You're going to get money regardless. So, shame. Yeah, I mean, I'll keep it really brief. I mean, to me, I think the ownership, if you had no intention of wanting to sign them, then you should never said anything anyway. Um, I think that maybe because of the Joe Flacco back issue, there was a little bit of trepidation as far as, you know, if he's going to make it through the whole season. You look at your back of QBs, they're not that much to, you know, smile about. You see Colin Kaepernick on the open field. You don't want to sign him, but you're looking for your fans to give you that, that you know, that cosign of not to sign him. So that's why I say, oh, we're going to ask, you know, our fans if we should sign him. You want your fans to get you off the hook. And that's all I have to say. Well, I have more to say, but I'll keep it at that for right for today. Very simple. You're taking a big step on this. And the fact is that it shouldn't even have to get to this point. If he's a better quarterback and he's he fits your team and you really believe that he you shouldn't have to work ask fans what it is that you want to do. Don't worry about what the fans. The fans is gonna pay whether or not he's on or off the team anyway. So your best bet is to say what is best for my team. And if Colin Kaepernick is a better quarterback for your team, you should go out and get him. Simple as that. <laughs> Going out there and draft and signing some cat that was in their arena league. I'm like, word. <laughs> you're trying to tell me. You're trying to tell me this cat. He, like, I understand RG3 is made out of glass, but you're trying to tell me this cat from the Ren League is a better a better fit than bringing in uh, two quarterbacks that have, you know, done some damage in the league. Is this this bonkers to me? So, oh well. <sighs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> It's just it's shameful. And then, you know, you had the, the uh, I guess you could say it was a five to seven minute back and forth for Shannon Sharp and, uh, and uh, gosh, Ray Lewis going back and forth. You know, Shannon, from what I remember, from what I recall, Shannon was saying that it's the owner's responsibility to try to help squash and quell some of this some of these, some of these issues, hmm. and I could be interpreting this wrong. So you know, I, I, again, I watched this two days ago, so I didn't re-familiarize myself with it. But Ray Lewis was turning around and saying this shouldn't have to do with anything about the owners. You know, he believes that uh, Kaepernick should be able to do what he does, but shouldn't he needs to keep it quiet and you know try to do a, a silent type of thing, it's, it more so than coming out and and uh, really expressing himself and doing what he's doing. I was listening to uh, ESPN 980 here in uh, the DC area where they were speaking that uh, when Colin had a conversation with the management over at, uh, in Baltimore, he apologized for his actions, you know, and I had some fans or some callers called in saying, well, you know, he should really come out and apologize to the fans and he should do this and that to restore his image. And I'm like, why should he have to come out and apologize to the fans for? I mean, just because he did what he did doesn't mean that, you know, he needs to apologize to the fans for what? 
he stood up for something that he believed in. And he did something so much so that it trans it transported itself or transcended itself to different sports, different it went from not baseball, but it went football, it went soccer, it went basketball, it was in college football. Hell, some marching bands took knees <laughs> and such. So, I mean, it's it, it started a whole epidemic of, uh, not epidemic, it's such a strong word. It, it, it just started a uh, ripple effect, I guess you could say, of positivity. It was nothing negative about the situation. It's just a man standing up for what he believes in, and I think he's being vilified for it. Yeah, I mean, I might ruffle some feathers here with, with some of the, you know, my thoughts about this. But still, I mean, everyone is always saying that, well, maybe you shouldn't do it in the right way or do it private. Well, he, you know, as all these people say it, even Ray Lewis said it. I mean, then what way should he have done it? I mean, now the only, the only, not even criticism, the only thing I wish he would have done is before he did it, he would have said what, you know, the issues was and what he was going to do when he just went out and started, you know, you know, kneeling for the national anthem, for the flag, he allowed other people to interpret what he was trying to do. And obviously it took it and went completely left with it. And once he eloquently stated exactly why he did it, you know, people still couldn't believe it or still couldn't get past it, even to now. I mean, yeah, he may not be your, you know, prototypical pocket pass quarterback, but a lot of people can still use his talents. But it seems like they're still holding the kneeling of the flag against him, and they can't get past that. Now, did he say that whatever team is going to come come to, he's going to nail? No, actually, he said a while ago that he wasn't going to continuously nail for the flag. But some people have just can't get past that because of what he did prior. And by the time he was able to explain why he did it, other people had these interpretations of what he was doing, and they were completely off. So, in my opinion. No, you shouldn't tone it down. I mean, you stand up for what you believe in. And at this particular point, if the NFL owners or the NFL team want you, I mean, just so be it. If the Ravens have to keep going back and forth with Ray Lewis and the fans, whether they should sign you, then guess what? Then that's not the team you want to go to because if they were definitively in your corner to sign you, then it wouldn't have, then it, then it would have did it. So to me, it's like, Either you do it or you don't. Stop being a pussyfoot about it. Now, let me ask you a question, um, Earl, because you said that the fact that – can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. You said the fact that um, he should have at least um, – if anything, he, the way he should have done it was that he should have said, um, um, said it beforehand before doing it. Now, let Wait. me ask you a question. Do you think that um, he should have – apologize you think that he should have um apologized for how that treatment was as far as if anything i should have, i apologize for not explaining myself first before doing it but then say you know would it be okay for him to apologize for that particular thing but you know everything else as far as the whole kneeling and stuff i will still continue to do you know whatever the case may be you think he should apologize for that would that be enough I mean, I mean, he kind of said it a little bit. I mean, you can be, you know, remorseful for if his actions in any way offended or anybody took it the wrong way that is kneeling. It wasn't against, you know, our military or any people fighting across, you know, fighting, you know, or stationed anywhere because that's the first place people took it at. 
And he maybe could have said, I, I wasn't trying to be unpatriotic because what he was doing was extremely patriotic. But th to me, that's as, about as far as he could maybe, you know, explain it. But I would apologize for what he did. Okay. I, I think also some of the, some of the, uh, the nonverbal things that he did, where I see, uh, you know, some folks really, really took it to heart. Like, example, his socks, you know, uh, with the, the pig socks, you know, cops dressed as pigs and um, other little things, you know. And uh, I think folks took that and really ran with that as well. You know, because a lot of times, you know, it, 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 you never want to really make this a, into a racial thing. But I mean, but it's, it's clearly it is what it is, you know. As uh, the three of us being African American, uh, I'm sure I know me personally where I've been racially profiled at least two to three times. The third time can be debatable whether or not you want to look at it that way, but I know too for a fact where that's happened to me. Um, and it ain't right, it ain't fair, you know. So to always be targeted this way for things to happen the way that they do. You know, it's it's, it's 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 just really crazy. And if if Colin would have stood by his guns and did what he did, but didn't do the little slick little things on the side that enraged people even more, things might be a little differently. But people probably still be in outrage nonetheless because you know they think it's unpatriotic to not stand during the uh, the national anthem. But guess what? He got him talking. And, yeah. you know, and that's the most important thing. And if he would have did a silent protest, as some people say, or something much less, you know, overt and out in your face, no one talk about it. No one care. Guess what? Stuff needed to be said. Yeah. No one could figure out how to say it. No one could never give a definitive good explanation of what's the quiet protest he should do or how to keep it. No, he, in my opinion, he picked the perfect venue. And, you know, the only, the only, like I said, only issues I had was that he allowed Joe Public or some other people to come up with their own ideas about what it was. And by the time he was able to explain why he was doing what he was doing, people were already 10 blocks down the road and didn't care what he was saying. It also didn't help that, you know, it was going, all this was going on during the presidential campaign and Trump was running around saying how unpatriotic it was as well. So, you know, that, that only that only threw fuel to the fire. You know, because, I mean, he's talking about this during his going around giving his speeches all over the country talking about this sort of thing, you know, this sort of thing. So it didn't, it didn't make things any better with the, the timing of when he did it and what all was going on in the country at the time as well. Yeah, that was only, that was only adding fuel to the fire. You know, I mean, when you really think about it, but no, I'm I'm also in agreement with what you guys are saying. It's it's that and the fact that he didn't vote. Well, that to me, I, I, that's a separate issue, and not. I mean, I mean, there's some things that I would say I agree with and understand, and then there's some things that I just I I just can't understand at this point, like. It's the one thing I don't really like is when a person says one thing and does something else. Like I'm all in agreement for what you're doing and standing and believing in what it is that you're believing in. I get that. But 
don't harp on, you know, something like not voting to me. That's just like, you, it's, it's the, like the opposite of what it is that you're trying to do. Like if you're trying to be the focal point and you're trying to set an example of doing what it is that you're supposed to do and you want to be proactive, that's all well and good. I got no problem with that. But don't, if you're going to do it, stay committed to it. That's all I could, that's all I'm going to say about that. Just stay committed to it. Don't think that what you're doing one thing and then do something the opposite. It, it doesn't work that way. I'd rather you stay committed. If you're going to say to yourself, you know what, you know, I'm not going to, stand for the national anthem fine but then vote to change those laws or vote to do something about that don't sit there and just say i'm gonna do this one way and then change and don't do anything to continue that process that's that's all i have to say about that he figured that his one long vote wasn't going to make any any big difference but hey goes to show that one vote could have possibly made a big difference (laughs) in a lot of different things could have made the difference in the senate races it could have made the difference in and the House of Representatives, it could have made a difference in so many different places. Yeah, your one vote, your one vote, not your one vote, could have stopped you from doing what it was that you were doing to begin with. Right. As far as yeah. the whole, the whole, you know, it, it could have stopped that. It could have prevented that if you would have voted. So this is something that, and that's for everybody that's listening. Like, don't think that your vote doesn't matter. I mean, we, I, I'm pretty sure we all, you know, we all did the same thing and voted. But don't think that your vote doesn't matter. It vote it matters for everything. And to be honest, Colin Kaepernick's doing what he did is a prime example of why you should vote. Right. To change those laws. That's my um public servant for the day. Um I just wanted to let you guys know that. Um but I'm sorry, I digress. Continue. We were talking about sports. Uh what is there, you know, talking sports and politics, they go hand in hand. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I did read something briefly. Now, I'm sure this is something that we could talk about in the weeks moving forward, but I read something where a ticket agency is talking with the Cowboys and the Yankees about creating a high-end ticket purchasing type of entity. Um, I, I, I saw it briefly. I didn't read the article about it. But I thought that was pretty interesting that they would want to create some sort of high-end tickets. Um, I'm curious to see how this whole thing would work. I mean, high-end. So I guess it'll eliminate those people who want to resell the tickets for, say, say for example, the NBA Finals, you know, when it's game six or it's game six, game five, where tickets were going for ten dollars and $15,000, I guess, depending on where you want to sit. Um, would those type of tickets be the ones that are sold in this high-end thing? I guess I, you know, open for debate once we do some research and kind of. I think, I think that would be for the for the wealthy. Um, the extreme, the extreme wealthy. Yes, I think that's like the high, like you said, it's the high end. So I'm thinking that that would be a battle for the wealthy, um, just to to basically sell even at a more higher price than what it is. So it'll be out of the middle class range, that's for sure. Be difficult to see, you know. It'd be interesting to see how they do this. Um, I think we, if it's out of the two, out of the teams, both Cowboys and the Yankees, they could definitely figure out something in in in, in this high end state. So, um, because they are two of the most popular teams in sports teams, period, to this yeah, day. But, so, but even still, I, you know, unfortunately, I don't get to see Yankees games that I would love to see being in this area. But 
when I do manage to catch them on TV every once in a while, the stadium ain't sold up. <laughs> I don't think it is. So I'm like, why would you want to put yourself in a conversation of selling high-end tickets where you just can't sell the tickets that you took? You know, you typically trying to sell to the general public. They got it. They got to pay for that big stadium. Exactly. Ridiculous. Exactly. Ridiculous. I mean, we think about it because New York and Dallas both built rebuilt their stadiums to. Who's going to pay for Dallas's giant big screen TV monitors? You know, like somebody's going to have to come out of pocket. Hey, that's going to be a lot of fights, a lot of concerts up in Jerry World. I don't know about Yankee Stadium, but. Right, right. And I, I think that's why Yankee Stadium is trying to get into the Bulls and get the, those uh, low level Bulls to come in there and try to help sell some tickets. That's right. I mean, they have soccer games in there. So, you know, they're doing whatever they can to get the money that they need, and they need the money. I agree, but I'm just. Uh, I, I mean, you don't you don't catch you catch more flies with, uh, with vinegar than you do honey. I, if I said that, I might have said that backwards. But anyway, my thing is, <laughs> I understand that you know you have the luxury seats, you got all this wherever, but still, you know, you, it's the common Joe that's going to sit there. Not the the, the the not the common Joe, the uh, the regular Joe that's going to sit there and support your team. It's already bad enough that you know you buy a ticket of four four tickets. You you go to the concession stands, you get some some snacks and some goodies for your family, and now that's a two to three hundred dollar evening to go to go watch nine innings of baseball or to go watch four quarters of football. I mean, no, I'm sorry, football is a whole different ball of wax. That four four tickets right there is damn near four hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta pay all them guys, man. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta pay for the football players. You gotta pay for the baseball players, and the baseball players don't come cheap these days. I, I, I agree. I agree. But yeah, them contracts though is 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 is. That's <laughs> all. It's all TV generated monies. That's what yeah. that is. Yeah. Well, if your boy Aaron Judge keeps going the way he's going, he going he going to take him to the bank big time. Oh, of course. <laughs> that, that, I agree with you on that. Of course. You know, hey, 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 guess what? You know what happened? What happened? College football and pro football started camps. <laughs> can we say, uh, can we say go Mountaineers? Can we say, uh, can I get a let's go? Can I get a Mountaineers? Can I? No? Okay, I'll say it. Let's go Mountaineers. College football, baby. <laughs> every time yeah, I hear West well. Virginia, man, that song keeps coming hey, up in my mind. Is it my fault that every time you guys went there and they just started playing the Rutgers, the Rutgers got stopped? It's not my fault. I, I didn't plan it that way. <laughs> Can you say Rutgers stopped back then? And, <laughs> and they have been marginally better over the last couple of seasons. So we'll see how things are going to go after this upcoming season. But we'll save college football for another day. <laughs> I would agree. I also, I, I, I agree with that statement right there, Earl. I mean, we're at a point right now where we're pretty much running out of time. So um, I, I, let's, let's just call it, a, let's just call it as it is right now, the end of this, this extremely well um, podcast. And so I'll start with you guys. Let them know where they can reach you at. All right. You can find me on, um, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, J E R O S S seven at. 
and you can find me on Twitter at uh, CatDaddy1963, CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And you can find me at I am Al Qualls on Twitter and on Instagram. That is I am Al Qualls. Again, I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out on the Guys Talking Sports podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe. Make sure you tell your friends to subscribe, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on SoundCloud, whether it's on Google Podcasts, whether it's on YouTube. We are there. So you can watch us. You can listen to us. Anytime you have free time, um, listen on the road, listen on the go, listen everywhere. Because <laughs> my advertisement, bitch. Um, but <laughs> for real, we do appreciate you guys subscribing and those that are listening. Also, um, the people that's on Twitter, make sure you follow us. Um, make sure if you have any questions, reach out to us as well. Uh, again, I'd like to thank you guys for checking us out. Um, and again, subscribe to Guys Talking Sports. Please subscribe to Guys Talking Sports. Again, this is our calls. And until next time, when we come up with more topics to discuss, you guys take care. <laughs>